Hello and welcome to Off Hello and welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. I want to be howling forever. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Howling 4, The Original Nightmare, which came out in 1988 from director John Howe. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Marie, a novelist who has had a bit of a breakdown and her boyfriend Richard has decided to take her to a cottage in some woods for some R&R. But while there, Marie starts to have visions of ghosts and hears howls in the woods and realises that the locals may not be all that they seem. Well, it's time you were off. It's going to get dark and forests are tricky. So it was originally Clive Turner, I believe, was supposed to be directing this film. Right, yeah. But, but something happened, it may have been budgetary reasons or, or what have you. Yeah. And so, the, you know, the directing rights kind of changed, changed seats. And then the director of this film, although he has disowned it, and said that it is no longer his film because Clive Turner re-edited the film after he was done with it. Oh. He also said that when they were filming it, that the script was incomplete. Yeah. And, when, and, whenever, and whenever John Howe wanted to speak to the guy writing the script, Clive Turner said, you can't speak to him. Also, the guy who wrote the script gave you gave more pages here. <laughs> and so he, was, he, he, he was convinced <laughs> that Clive Turner had created this other person yeah. because he wanted to direct the film. So, he, so was he was rewriting the script it. and giving it to the new director and oh saying, yeah, God. no, this is what you have to do. Uh, and that is why he was just like, I don't know what is going on here, but like once I'm done, I'm, I'm gone. Like, and then it was re-edited and released and he was like, that, that's not not even my film anymore but this is a really really no budget movie so much so yeah. that you'll notice when you see the clips in the film that the entire film was recorded without audio <laughs> and so everything every single thing including the voice the voice acting was all dubbed it was afterwards. oh my god i thought it was just me <laughs> i thought i was mad i thought this movie's so shit but no it was Oh my god, I feel a bit of relief there. <laughs> uh, look, don't worry, I gotta get going back to LA. I mean, who knows if I drink and drive. I'll never find my way back. I had never seen this movie before. Like I said, I kind of avoided the Howling series. And, oh my god, I'm fucking... I don't know if I should feel glad about that or not. This is how this movie made me feel. Um... It's so shit. I think even if you had seen this film before, you would have forgotten everything that happens in this film already. Oh, uh, I don't know. No, like, I I would have remembered it was shit. You know, and there's at least one sequence. One sequence in this movie. Maybe possibly two that you would go, oh, yes, I remember watching Howling 4. But I'm not going to spoil that yet. I mean, I, it's funny that you brought up Clive Turner because I did read that he... He was the co-writer and he appears as the tow truck driver at one point and then he would go on to Howling 5, 6 and 7. Yeah, he kind of takes ownership of the franchise from here going forward. Right, I've seen Howling 5 back in the day. I don't have much faith in anything anymore, honestly. Like, I'll be honest right now, I wanted to watch Halloween 4. I wanted to watch Hellraiser Bloodlines. I was thinking of fourth movies in any horror series and I would watch 
a lot. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the next generation with, with Rene Zellweger. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that any day over this fucking shit because we're following Marie Adams uh, playing Romy Windsor. Um, she's the novelist and she, she starts the movie getting onto an elevator with a nun. Oh, it's a phantom nun because she disappears immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you get this feeling like Marie is seeing things. Well, last time I saw phantom nuns, I think, was Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember the nuns from Howling 3? Oh, God, oh, yeah. Um, but then she meets up with her agent, Tom, and they start talking about work. And there's a barbecue. And she sees this thing appear from the fire and has a bit of a mental breakdown. And then immediately she's in the hospital. She's like in a, in a locked in padded, a padded room. cell. You know, like she's fucking mad. And I was really confused because I'd already read that this whole movie was recorded in South Africa. Which I was just like, well, why not just set it in South Africa? Why are we kind of given this feeling that it's American based? Well, that's because this movie has been... People have claimed that this is the most faithful adaptation to Gary Brandner's original Howling novel. So... If it was filmed in South Africa, it really wouldn't be... It wouldn't have that acclaim, I, would it? I, you know what? You know what? I know I'm not a Howling fan. I know I'm not a big fan of the series. But honestly, get the fuck off that horse. Okay? The first movie, which is the most superior Howling movie out there, was not based on the book. Okay? Get off that horse. Because if but this is the most... loosely based. Loosely, loosely based. This one is not a faithful adapt adaptation. It... it it's just, it's just not. Because Michael T. Wise turns up as Richard. Oh man, that's a lot of man. Look, what do you suggest that we do, huh? I mean, she can't just shut her mind off like a light. Ah, yeah. You know, we have got the jacket. We have got the denims. We have got the hair. We have got the beard. And I have seen Howling One. I know how that plays out with the husband slash boyfriend you know what's he gonna do with his gruffness is he gonna talk his way out of a fucking situation no we haven't even got to the town and i know this motherfucker is gonna be shagging behind his wife's back it's so fucking obvious but the doctor convinces richard to take marie away you know take her to this cabin out in the middle of the woods and like, remember, we're in South Africa, so it's supposed to look like, I don't know, North Carolina, you know, the Rocky Mountains. <laughs> I, I don't care. But Tom drives her. Tom, played by Anthony Hamilton. And yeah, the, the, the dubbing is so bad, so, so fucking bad, that the relationship between Marie and Tom, for me, gets a bit muddled. Well, you could tell that these two definitely have a thing for each other, but she's already dating Mullet Man. Dating? So. She's fucking married to him. Oh, well, there you you go. know? And I'm, yeah, that's it. Mullet Man. When they meet, he's like, hey, Tom. Hey, Richard. And you're like, awkward. <laughs> Tom. What a surprise. I didn't expect to see you here. Yeah, it was a last-minute thing. 
Very cool to say goodbye. Tom politely volunteered. Acting. <laughs> so yeah, he's he's driving her to this retreat, and uh, well, they they, they get kind of lost, and then they get pulled over by the police. By the sheriff. And the sheriff is just well, uh, very suspicious. <laughs> Good afternoon, officer. We're trying to find Drago. Drago, huh? Yeah, she and her husband are renting a cottage there. And he ends up taking Marie, gets her to the cabin, and then we have another standoff <sighs> moment between these two. Oh, and he's like, yeah, I guess I better be going back to the city. Oh, bye. Ma Marie notices the claws on the door, like, oh, that's strange. Something in the woods has clawed at the door. Hmm. And she goes inside, yeah, and... And she's so happy about this place. Her and Richard are gonna relax, you know, even though Richard's gonna keep driving back to Los Angeles and, and give the actress playing Marie the time to explain to us a lot of the plot that's going on. <sighs> There's a lot of plot going on? Yeah, supposedly. Like, because now the film is pretty much just her lounging around and having dreams, hallucinations, and hearing the howling from outside again, again, and again, again, and again, and then spends the rest of the film going, I'm hearing strange noises at night, and people going, oh, you're just hearing things. <laughs> you know, there's no such thing uh, as wolves. It's probably a coyote that we killed two years ago. There were, th what, three, four people in the whole fucking town? Yeah. That's it, Mr. and Mrs. O. Right. Like, I know they have a last name, but that's literally Mr. O. Hey, Mrs. O. They're so fucking awkward. Like, if you don't think they're doing something weird behind the scenes, then you just don't know what people are like. You Like like Gary said, you've got the sheriff. The sequence where he walks in the shop and picks up his cigarettes. Yeah, and walks out without saying anything. Your cigarettes are on the counter. Like, that was probably my favourite scene, you know? <laughs> but still, at the same time, I was watching this sequence and he shot this look at Richard and Richard's like, I'm a man, you have a gun. I'm like, yeah. And they, and I'm a man, you have a gun. I'm like, yeah. And, they, and then the sheriff walks off. But they go into the local knick-knack store run by Eleanor, played by Lamia Deval. And... It's a poor rendition of Marsha from the first movie. Yep. You know, it, it honestly is. I like I, I I know I might come across as a bit of a dick to these actors and I know that they try or they were working or, or what I, I, I don't know, but this whole character, like I said, Richard has just been portrayed to me as a walking penis. Okay? And he walks into this store, one look at Eleanor, and it's like they're gonna fuck. They're going to so obviously fuck. And if you didn't realise it by now, Eleanor's a wolf. Oh, shock! In a howling movie. Yeah! We've just been told several times there's no such thing. No, I know, because we don't see anything. Nothing. Zilch. Nada. No wolves, no howling, nothing. But they'll come but th towards This the is end. like a remake of the original film. Oh. This is the fourth werewolf movie in a series. <laughs> like... 
the film constantly saying, yeah, there's no such thing as werewolves. We're sat here like, we're watching a werewolf movie and everyone keeps telling us, and the lead actress, that there's no such thing. And I'm like, well, what are we watching? And everyone keeps telling us, and the lead actress, that there's no such thing. And I'm like, well, what are we watching here? We're just watching a fucking TV drama unfold. Because as the story progresses, we get no wolves, no attacks. I don't think anybody gets killed. Well, there is, she does lose her dog at one point her, oh. her, her tiny little poodle runs away Pierre the Pierre I mean that's probably the best actor in the film to be fair <laughs> and uh, it, and, it, and it disappears and she goes into the town and she asks the sheriff and the sheriff's like dogs run away all the time <laughs> I ain't doing shit lady later. and uh, and of course then I don't know whether it's a dream I ain't doing shit lady later. and uh, and of course then I don't know whether it's a dream sequence or whether she actually goes and finds it but she goes across this this rope bridge well, that's it she, she finds this cave yeah. and then she finds the remains of her of, of Pierre And, uh, and you're just like, okay, so something killed this dog, but then her husband comes back with a doll, which we thought was the decapitated yeah. head, and we're just like, what, what, what? Because Marie's spoken to Eleanor in the woods as well. Eleanor's pretending to look like the nun, you know. But and and Eleanor explains to Marie, like, look, go, there's the rope bridge. And, and when the husband goes to the same cave, yeah, like you said, I couldn't work out if it was a dream or not the way it was worked. I, I believe it was real. I believe she was actually there. Yeah. And that's why she got scared. And the, the, the cut for the decapitated dog is so quick. It's so quick. If you miss it, you'd have to rewind the film and sit through more of it to watch it again. It's so quick. And, and then the husband goes there and finds this doll. And I'm like, who the fuck made that doll? That's not a normal doll. That's not a kid's toy. That's a horrific fucking nightmare. And he's like, he, it's like he finds it and then he goes back to the house and he goes, hey, I've got someone to show you. You're crazy. He doesn't say you're crazy. He just <laughs> fucking acts it like, ooh. Yeah. And so, we, as we were saying, there are actually some attacks that occur. Yeah. And so, as we were saying, there are actually some attacks that occur at the midpoint of the film when there are two hitchhikers turn up and they, oh, God, they're looking for this famous bell tower. <laughs> and uh, and uh, one of them's injured, so she takes them back to the cabin and patches her up. And that's where he explains that they're trying to find this, this bell tower. They're really excited to find it. Apparently, it's got this old myth and legend that it was used to lure monsters or people or something and it, it burned down. And, and they burned it down, yeah. You see the bell tower in Drago. The bell tower? Yeah. It's a replica of the 16th century bell tower from Europe. And the bell is the original. And, and then they then they wander back off into the woods, back to their camper van. And later on that day, we cut back to them and we get the POV shots. The camera chases him down as he's trying oh. to escape. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, it's worse than that. It's so much worse than that because they're walking along and they hear the yelp of the little dog. Yes. And the guy goes like, oh, you know, maybe I can go, maybe that's her dog. Maybe we can take it back. Oh, okay. I'll go and have a look. And just walks off. Like, completely just walks off. Leaves his missus in the middle of these scary-ass woods on his own. He deserves to get fucking killed. But the POV kill is so wank. <laughs> and then when it comes back to her, like, it, she's killed off screen. I fucking hate it when they kill him off screen. <laughs> Ah! 
got confused at one point because the camera was she turns around when she's in the water and she screams like it's behind her yeah then she climbs up the bank yeah. and then it's right in front of her i'm like oh, okay yeah maybe there's more than one maybe yeah. the, the wolf's really fast the wolf's really obviously. fast and and Marie obviously after realizing these two people have come to see her, hearing about the myth, we're introduced to Janice, played by Suzanne Severide, um, who is an ex nun who is investigating the disappearance of her friend, who is also a nun, who turns out to be the same person that Marie is seeing in Hall of in all of her dreams. I love this, the fact that she just carries around this very large <laughs> picture of her and her friend wherever she goes. <laughs> it's it in was. pristine condition it as well. Was, it's like yeah. not folded up yeah. or anything. And and supposedly this 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 ghost nun had come to see her parents, who surprisingly were the occupants of the cabin before Marie. Surprisingly were the occupants of the cabin before Marie got there. So, spoilers, something has come along and killed the fucking two people in the hut and killed the nun, and now these ghost people are sending visions to a novelist to come to this town. For what reason, I could not fucking tell you. Because- Was the, that in the book? I don't know, no, no, it wasn't. The town is just a it's just a ramshackle set thrown together. You know, the way the buildings are angled and the camera is then angled so that you capture everything. It made me think of the town um, from that Bruce Campbell movie that he built in his backyard. <laughs> that's what it made me that's what it made me feel like. And it's like Janice and and Marie, they see the me that's what it made me feel like. And it's like Janice and and Marie, they see the bell and they're like, "Oh look, Maybe we can go and have a look at it and uncover the mystery. And Mrs. O from the general store, who's just creepy as fuck, runs up and goes, Nope, nope, ladies, I'm sorry. Can't go there. It's condemned. Nope, can't go near it. Nope, nope, nope. I'm like, oh, fuck <laughs> off. Just leave me Just leave me alone. I want the movie to end. How long is it going to go? Oh, it's still another 60 minutes. Well, the conspiracy deepens at this point when she notices the camper van of the hitchhikers being yep. trailed off. Yeah. And uh, she's like, no, wait a minute. I know those people. Know They'll those be people. coming back for it. And he's like, well, there's no license plates on it. We're towing it away. And she does a little bit of snooping, doesn't she? And she mm. finds basically this back room of license plates. Yeah. It's like, oh, the they sheriff's in on it. Nah, really? Oh, the Wait. sheriff's in on it. Nah, really? <laughs> like, like, Dust Till Dawn did it so much better. They, they totally did. Um, well, meanwhile, our husband has, as you uh, suggested earlier, has gone for a wonder and has now started shacking up with this other, with this other. Earlier has gone for a wonder and has now started shacking up with this other, with this other chick. And he has a sexual encounter with her where in a, a quick cut, she turns into a werewolf and bites him. Mm. And we get a very, like, two-second-ish shot of the wolf. Yeah, and eh. in even less time, look at the actual <laughs> yeah. wound, which is just bleeding profusely. And I, I honestly didn't care. Like, I tried to care. I think I gave up caring at about 25-minute mark, you know, and just sat with the movie because... I kind of felt like if this was the level that we were at, which was like really down here, nothing good was going to happen 
at all. And then she goes to the local doctor, doesn't she? And the local doctor is creepy as fuck. And he's just trying to convince her that, you know, maybe you should just, maybe you should just rest. Maybe you shouldn't worry about it. You know, it's, it's all fine. I, I, you know, the wound is gone. Look, the wound's gone. And she's, you know, Marie's just like, well, hold on a minute. Like, it was like, it was really thick on his arm. There was blood. And, you know, and it, the movie starts to take this turn. Like, she's crazy. But you know she's not crazy because you've seen all this shit. But you don't understand why. I don't, I just don't shit. But you don't understand why. I don't, I just don't understand why the ghosts were luring her. Why, why did the nun get on the elevator at the beginning? You know, why was there this image of this wolf jumping out? Because when she sees the old man and woman ghost in the house, just before she meets fucking Janice, the ghosts tell her to leave. Go away. Go away, my child. <laughs> so what little sense the film's trying to make doesn't make sense at all anyway no no but it's ultimately yeah totally building up to the point where marie is now starting to realize that the nun in her dream you know was killed because we see the ghost in the house at one point acting yeah. like a poltergeist as right, well. Right, yeah, you see all the things falling off the shelves and yeah. the cabinets falling, but was that just a dream because yeah, it's all back on I, the shelf again? <laughs> so then her, 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 her co-worker from town uh, comes back to check on her oh yeah Tom. and he immediately gets gets a punch in the face as he tries to make a move on her and he's like okay i'm leaving now yeah and he he catches up with janice and then the two of them okay, i'm leaving now yeah and he he catches up with janice and then the two of them start trying to investigate whether she's gone crazy or if there is something going on in the town yeah you're all in fear Tom gets in his car and fucks off, or he's going to go meet Janice, and then you know he meets up with Richard, who transforms and kills him. <laughs> but we don't see it. It's a very quick shot. We slightly might see it. <laughs> But we do now get to what would possibly be the best moment in the whole movie, which is Richard changing. And the special effects guy, William Force, who, who I guess plays the werewolf, like the list of special effects that he's got under his belt were just fucking crazy, you know? And you can really see it in this sequence, like... Like, I have no idea what the fuck's going on with this guy turning into a werewolf. Because he doesn't turn into a werewolf. He becomes a puddle. Right. I'm... 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 I just, what? Like, like... What? I mean, it... it yeah. It's... It's... It is a cool effect. 
like there's this whole religious thing going on in the background where like the you know, the, the you know because of the nuns you know and shit like that they're not the werewolves aren't really werewolves they're not really shapeshifters they're 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 supposedly demons or some kind of monster so when you watch this thing when you see richard changing like he's tearing his skin off you know he's becoming this this mess He's like a skeleton in in this like shallow bit of water, yeah. And it's like he has to take all of his skin off for the whatever's underneath, or the whatever goop he sat in to reform him into his werewolf form. I, I'm like, is does that like just on your first transformation? That's what I was gonna say. Or or is it how all the all of you transform? Because later on we'll see a transformation that's completely different. Yeah, you know, so the, like, like the local townsfolk. It's revealed to you at this point if you don't already realize that the local townsfolk are all wolves. You know, and some of them are just not even trying. They're just wearing half masks and look so shit. But Janice are just not even trying. They're just wearing half masks and look so shit. But Janice and Marie have now uncovered the evidence that Janice's friend was killed. The two people in the cottage were killed. All of the hitchhikers have been killed. Uh, they decide that they're going to lure all of the wolves to the church and burn it down. They're going to lure all of the wolves to the church and burn it down like was it burnt down and then rebuilt and now they're going to re burn it down again yeah okay i don't think it burnt down there before i think that church was built and then that bell was put in there and that bell was in a church that previously burnt down right right okay well, let's go with that shall we yeah let's go with that and when they get there the doctor dr coombs turns out to be the head werewolf or the largest one we're going to see in the whole fucking movie. What's wrong with your face? <laughs> that was quite a good moment, actually. I, I got to admit, I did enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. But you're just, you're just building up. Like, you know it's the climax of the movie. And it's, oh, God, I hate, like, I was enjoying the ending. But, every like, my mind kept reminding me. How, I hate, like, I was enjoying the ending. But, every like, my mind kept reminding me how shit the rest of the movie had been up to that point. Yeah, because the effects I, here are really good. And you're like, well, I mean, compared to the last, like, 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you're just like, something's happening. Something good. <laughs> I managed to stay awake to get to this part. Yes. They use actual dogs, which were brilliant. Their town's folk. Well, that's just cheap. Yeah, everybody was just, you know, they're canines, so we're going to get all the canines to run to the church. And have red glowing eyes. Yeah, red glowing eyes. Um, and they realise as well that to defeat, obviously, the Doctor, who's this giant mutant, and get all the wolves in, one of them has to stay and hold the bell while the other one goes outside to obviously lock the door or set the fire or something. Yeah. So Janice, you know, glory to Janice! She sacrifices herself to hold, you know, keep the bell ringing and everything to stay in there while Marie runs outside to set fire to the place. And we watch everybody burn inside, you know, they're shape-shifting in and out of being human while being set on fire and they're kind of melting and it's, you know, reminiscent of the first movie, I suppose, when we were told that only fire or silver can defeat them, yada, 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 you know, and and it, you sit there and Marie's like happy, like, ha I'm relieved, you know, I've just wiped out this small town and the thing from the beginning of the movie leaps out of the fire and gets her. And we end the movie on the freeze frame. Yeah. Like, oh, 
Oh, so everybody's dead. Everybody's dead. Everybody's dead. Including me. I felt dead at the end of the film. <laughs> well, and did you have any memorable scenes from the film? Oh, man. Other than the last ten minutes? Yeah, like... <sighs> the sheriff in the store was funny, I suppose, because he was just awkward and quiet, but I just didn't care. I didn't care for any of the characters in any of the sequences or situations because the film, you know, like like you said about the director, about the director just being given script, you know, line after line to film after film and he's doing his best. And this director does have a long list of good shit that I've watched. You know, Escape from Witch Mountain is one of my all-time favourite movies from a I've watched. You know, Escape from Witch Mountain is one of my all-time favourite movies from a kid and this, he, he did it. It is, it is as crazy as this fucking movie. But you know, I get it. It's a Disney movie. He did Dirty Mary Crazy Larry. You know, that movie is fucking crazy. But, like... Everything in this, everything in Howling 4 is just bad. But that special effects sequence towards the end, just that change sequence I will actually go with. You know, I'm, I'm, I, no, the ending was just shit. The ending was just shit. But this whole change sequence, Richard ripping off the skin and melting, not worth an hour and a half. No, exactly. Yeah, it's like there's, this film's like 90 minutes, and 80 minutes of it is incredibly forgetful. Like, once once you've seen this film, you're only going to remember the final 10 minutes, and then you'll probably forget about that as time goes on. Like PTSD. Yeah. The transformation sequence, I thought, you know, the, the effects were pretty good. Like, you've got some of the other shapeshifter werewolves in the background with half prosthetic faces, and I'm just like, yeah, you're, you're howling too bad. Um, <laughs> but the actual wolf, like the doctor who turns into this big hulking wolf, I thought that suit was really cool. It had some jaw movement. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like its actual visual appearance... It's great. It's just not when it's in motion does it look yeah, very I was believable. Say, it does. I don't remember it moving, but if no. it did, I didn't. Uh, like and it. so I thought it. I thought it was a really good-looking wolf. Just the filmmakers. Uh, like and it. so I thought it. I thought it was a really good-looking wolf. Just the filmmakers didn't capture it very well. Uh, I thought it was well lit, but like I said, it didn't move quite right. I and so. That's the only praise I can give this film because the acting and the audio and the, the pacing and the editing and the music and everything else about it was so forgettable. Well, Ian, do you recommend Howling 4? No, just just no. And I've seen a lot of fourth movies in series that I've gone, hey, that's not good, that's not good, that's not good, that's not good. And I notice a pattern. I do notice a pattern after a while. Like, if you think that this movie is great, you fucking need your head seen to. Because, nah. Like Gary said, all of the the script didn't work. The acting didn't work. The pacing didn't work. The actors didn't work. You know, there was no surprise. There, everything I could see coming at me like a fucking freight train. Except that ending, which just made the rest of the film even worse because it was so good and then i had to sit through it it's not worth no way in hell am i saying yeah you should watch through the movie just for that sequence no here it is for free that's it don't ever watch it again <laughs> yeah i really can't be recommending howling for the original nightmare
It's absolute garbage from start to finish, and only really serves to highlight how good the first Howling movie is by Joe Dante. Oh, yes. It really is. The acting involved by everyone in this movie is by Joe Dante. Oh, yes. It really is. The acting involved by everyone in this is dreadfully bad and painful to watch. <laughs> it's made worse when everything in the film is dubbed, so lip sync is off and the effect is just it's just unbalanced. Yeah. It all feels lip sync is off and the effect is just it's just unbalanced. Yeah. It all feels superficial. The biggest letdown of the film is that it's boring, yeah. mind-numbingly boring, yeah. with nothing interesting or exciting happening until the last 10 minutes, which I'm sure will be missed as 99% of the audience will have fallen into a coma.